Welcome to Life-Altering Events with Frank Sakari. When something positive or negative changes in our lives, we are basically at a fork in the road. Where does the next step take us? What do we do as reactions to something that has already happened? How do we prevent the negative aspects from happening again? Whether in business or personal parts of your life, you can get back on track. We'll talk about it today. Now, here is your host, Frank Zakari. Good morning. This is our 22nd show of 2020, and so far this year, the response from you, the audience, has just been tremendous. I appreciate your support, so please keep listening and tell all your friends. Now, my name is Frank Zakari, and you're listening to Life Altering Events on the VoiceAmerica.com Empowerment Channel. Now, we started the show six months ago, and a question I get all the time is, Frank, what exactly is a life-altering event? And I say this every week. A life-altering event is something that we either choose or something that's thrust upon us that dramatically alters the trajectory of our life. Now, what life-altering events present us with are opportunities to seize the moment and make a difference in our own life and in the lives of our loved ones. They're a fork in the road, and we have a choice. Now, we can choose to fall apart, or we can choose to find the courage, pick up the pieces, deal with our grief, and move forward toward better times and better people. One thing I learned was, and I always try to remember, is it's never too late to have the life that you want and you deserve. So as you listen to and enjoy this show over the coming weeks and months, and I hope years, I urge you to think about participating in an upcoming episode. If you have a life-altering event that could inspire others, visit the life-altering event page at voiceamerica.com, click on email the host, and tell me about this event that so drastically altered your life. Tell me what occurred, how you dealt with it, where you are now, and the impact that it's had on your life. We will review it for content, and if it fits well, We'll add it to a future show. Right now, we have over 30,000 listeners in over 20 countries. So let me share your story with the world. Now, today's life-altering event is going to be a little bit different. Today's life-altering event is obstacles men face and often fail in relationships little different topic. Now, since I started this weekly radio show, we've had a number of women guests, and these women have talked openly about obstacles they faced in both their professional lives and in their personal lives. Our guests have included TV host Mel Robbins, who described how her five-second rule helped her move from near-personal and professional bankruptcy to becoming one of the most in-demand women speakers— And now she's the host of her own television show, The Mel Robbins Show. We had author Latasha Morissette Harper, who discussed challenges women face as they pick up the pieces after divorce. Susan Golden, who holds a series of workshops and seminars around the country helping women elevate other women professionally. We had Dr. Maria Artuduaga, And she talked about the obstacles she has faced and is overcoming as a native of Colombia, trying to make her mark as an inventor in the heavily male-dominated medical field. She's about ready to fund her company. And very recently, we had on Kat Kavanaugh and Patricia Canginello, two best-selling authors, who gave us examples of how many people are moving from a life of chaos to the life of clarity. So when I was asked, so I said, Frank, are you interested in doing an episode regarding men's perspective on relationships? And when I was asked this, I was intrigued. Because let's face it, folks, this is a topic that does not get much press or exposure, mainly because men aren't willing to openly talk about their emotions or their fears or their insecurities regarding relationships. Believe it or not, ladies, the vast majority of men want a deep and meaningful relationship. They want to share their life with someone, their hopes, their dreams, and while we won't admit it, 
Yes, our fears. One major problem is we don't know how. Much of the culturization of male going, males, going back to the caveman days, is to hide your emotions, don't show any vulnerabilities, fix everything yourself, even when all your partner wants for you to do is listen, not fix the problem. That's not how we're trained. That's not how we were raised. So many men feel that they're being attacked when their partner attempts to delve into an emotional conversation, particularly if the conversation includes the words, why don't you, and you never. The stereotypical male's reaction is to withdraw or become angry, both of which are relationship poison. Now, I've been told by my women guests over and over that women will process the actions of men and the reactions that they get from men, both internally and with their friends. While men tend to withdraw or ignore potential warning signs, which adds more poison to the relationship. So I went through my notes for my talks in the past and workshops that I've attended and I've presented regarding the culturization of males. And the term that kept coming up is one called toxic masculinity. Now, if you haven't heard this term, you will. It's become a trendy topic on social media, on blogs, and on talk shows. The first time I heard it, I, I thought it was some kind of new disease that had been discovered. So I said, I need to take a look into this. Now, I'm basically your average American male. I'm not a celebrity. I'm not a PhD or a famous athlete or a billionaire businessman. I had to find out if this toxic masculinity affects the average guy and how it affects the average guy. Okay, now we'll get back to toxic masculinity shortly. But first, let me tell you my story. Let me tell you what happened to me. I was a military medic at the end of the Vietnam War. Now, while I was not a combat medic, I did see a number of things that a 19-year-old shouldn't see. My military experience led me to become this, this hard-charging type A person. I witnessed people whose lives were forever altered through no fault of their own. And I promised myself after, that I would never allow myself to become a victim. After my discharge from the Air Force, I graduated from college and I entered the high-tech world. And there I worked for two Fortune 50 companies before becoming a small and medium high-tech CEO for over 20 years. I was at the senior management level when I got married. Now, like most people, my plan was, we're going to stay married forever. We were happy, at least I thought we were. We had two daughters, who are my everything. Professionally, things were good. On the surface, we looked like the poster family for successful marriage and family. However, there were demons lurking for each of us. And these demons were more than we could handle. When I became a CEO for companies that were failing, I always made time for my daughters. But it seemed I was always so tired I didn't have any energy for my wife. As a CEO, professionally, the biggest challenge I faced was finding someone without an agenda to talk to, to bounce ideas off, to discuss financial and personal issues, and to see how are they addressing the issues that I'm facing. Unfortunately, I didn't look very hard because I believed that I could handle it myself. I was extremely good at what I did, I trusted my judgment, and I'm competitive enough that I would usually win the deal. I felt that I didn't want or need an advisor or a sounding board. So I put all that burden on myself. Well, that burden started off as a little ripple, and then over time, it grew to a tidal wave, which negatively impacted every area of my life. My temperament changed to a point where I didn't even like me. I drank too much. I was angry. 
I was frustrated, and I was depressed. I felt like I was on a treadmill that kept going faster and faster. And no matter how hard I worked, I simply could not keep up. My marriage of 24 years failed. Now you would think after 24 years I could have figured out how to keep a happy, thriving marriage, but I didn't. I didn't share or talk about my struggles with my then wife, and I guess she got tired of living with somebody who wasn't present, found someone else, and she left. When that occurred, I lost my patience with my staff, and dealing with my customers and my business became an annoyance. It was really not a pleasant time in my life. When my wife left the family, our family, it was two weeks before Thanksgiving and 45 days after my mother had died. I had custody of my two daughters, who were 10 and 15 at the time. Now, I could not stay in the high-tech field, which I loved, because of all the extensive travel. So I bought an insurance agency so I could be a full-time dad. Now, moving from a proactive industry like the high-tech to a reactive industry like insurance for a type A person like me is like dying and going to hell. Now, on top of this career change, relocating to a new state, a major drop in income. I was now a single father with the holidays staring us in the face. The first Thanksgiving and Christmas were very, very difficult. My daughters cried most of the time. I had never done the Christmas shopping during our marriage, so I would select a gift or two. I'd walk around stores looking for a mom with a daughter about the age uh, of my children. I would walk up to them and I would say, um, this is my first Christmas as a single parent, and your daughter is about the age of my daughters. Would you mind if I ask you both a question? If they said yes, I would ask, is this gift lame? Now, to my surprise, most of the time, the daughters would say, no, the gift isn't lame, and they wouldn't mind if they received it. So I started to think, well, you know, maybe I can do this. You know, maybe I can handle this. After Christmas, my daughters and I, we went to a counselor. Now, we picked a woman counselor, and there were several sessions. The counselor would talk to the three of us together, then to my daughters individually, and then finally with me alone. Now, being the type A guy, my first statement to the counselor was, look, I want to get my daughters through this trauma as quickly as possible. And she just looked at me for a few seconds. And then her response was like getting hit between the eyes with a two-by-four. This is what she said. Both of your daughters are worried about you, and they are extremely angry at their mother. You have to be there and let them process these feelings. Now, your daughters tell me you're a type A person, so this is going to be very difficult for you. And I tell you, I stepped back and I looked at her and I said, what do you mean it's going to be difficult for me? These are my children. This was her answer. She said, first, you have to understand you can't fix this. Your daughters are hurting and they're very angry. And it's important you allow them to process these feelings completely. And this is what I suggest. She said, first, you have to make sure your daughters see that you're all in. Now, their mother poisoned the well about you, so you're going to have to show them that men are able to talk and discuss issues in a calm, non-judgmental manner, that men can be counted on for support. And then she continued, you are going to have to change. The traits that made you successful professionally will not serve you well while raising two young daughters. Plus, you're more likely suffering, most likely suffering from clinical depression given that your mother recently died and your wife left. 
So she said, here's four things you have to incorporate into your life, Frank. Number one, I had to be open and willing to talk and listen to my daughters. I had to talk to them about their fears and my fears. I had to learn how to validate feelings. And the fourth was, I had to learn that I can't fix everything. Now for guys, this is a, oh my God, this is my worst nightmare. But I took it to heart. And we struggled at the beginning. And there were times when I had to bite my tongue not to tell them what to do or say something even more stupid like, you shouldn't feel that way. Slowly, very slowly, we made progress. Every day, we tried to take a step forward. Some days it worked. Other days, we went three steps backwards. Let me give you an example before we go on break here. When they started dating, I could not be the hostile dad. I had to learn to invite the boy in, learn his name and something about him, and then trust my daughter's choices. If I learned, I learned, if I was the hostile dad, they were still going to see the boy, but they weren't going to come to the house. Now, this is a tough dad lesson to learn. At this point, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a break. We're going to continue with this story, and then we're going to move on to the culturization of men. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Book Frank Zakari as the motivational speaker at your next event. Frank is a dynamic, entertaining, and fascinating storyteller. Your organization will be entertained and will learn stories of success they can implement immediately. Email Frank today to secure him for your next event at lifealteringeventsradio at gmail.com or call 916-718-5517. Mention that you heard about it from the Life Altering Events radio program. You can also visit Frank's website for more information at frankzakari.com. Frank Zakari has written five books spanning a range of life-altering events and how to handle them. When the Wife Cheats is about a man with two young daughters handling the devastating loss of a cheating wife. Inside the Spaghetti Bowl is about how one family stays together through both good and bad. Five Years to Live follows a couple through life after a tragic accident, recovery, and prognosis. From the Ashes is a turnaround management success story about the University of Washington volleyball team. Find the books at Amazon in print, audio, and Kindle formats and at frankzakari.com. Multiple studies show us that the vast majority of people are disengaged at work. A Gallup report stated that two-thirds of American workers are unhappy and 15% actually hate their work. That means that 81% are not engaged to work for a common goal. Frank Zakari and his team have programs to help you change this dynamic and create a collaborative and high-performing organization. Visit frankzakari.com to set up an initial consultation today. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Life Altering Events with Frank Sakari. To call into the program today with questions or comments, please call 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. Or you can send an email to lifealteringeventsradio at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to Frank Sakari on Life Altering Events on voiceamerica.com. Our topic today is obstacles men face and often fail in relationships. Now, one of the things that I discovered as I started this show is that not a lot of men want to talk about this. So we're going to look into it today. We're going to talk about in a few minutes about a term called toxic masculinity, which you may or may not have heard. 
Now, prior to the break, we were talking about my story, how my wife had left the family, and I was a single father with of two young daughters. And that was a major life-altering event. But as I mentioned, raising two daughters as a single father was both, both the most challenging, yet the most rewarding experience of my life. They impacted me far more than I impacted them. They taught me the value of listening, to understand that they don't want me to fix everything, and how to validate feelings, something I never thought I could accomplish. One thing it did, however, was it helped me to become acutely aware of the challenges women face in many areas, be it healthcare, career choices, job advancement, or funding a business. Now, both my daughters have graduated from college. they become confident and secure young women. They both have promising careers and are making a positive impact on life. When my youngest daughter graduated from Arizona State, I sold my company. I dedicated myself to helping people and their organizations thrive both professionally and personally. I started this radio show, which focuses on dealing with life-altering events. I have teamed up with the likes of Susan Golden, Dr. Mark Porter, Tom Crea, Nicole Bendeley, because I felt if I can help just one person or one organization avoid the landmines that I stepped on, then I've made a positive contribution to the world. It's been a very difficult journey. It was my daughters who helped me hold it together. Now, they didn't do anything wrong. They certainly didn't deserve to have this total upheaval of their life. My focus changed from career to being a dad. Now, selling my business, well, that created a lot of stress because this is how I made a living. What am I going to do? Then I remembered something my father told me many, many years ago. And he said, he used to always say, no matter what life throws at you, remember to do three things. Look up, get up, and never, ever give up. I look at those words every day, and I use them on the end of every one of my radio shows. Now, since I left the corporate world five years ago, I remarried, and I'm doing what I enjoy. And I'm happier and more at peace than at any point in my life. That was the impact toxic masculinity had on me in the early days. Now, let's go back to this culturization of males. The first question is, what is, what is toxic masculinity? If you look in the dictionary, it says, those aspects of traditional masculinity perceived to reinforce aggression, emotionlessness, and other negative qualities theorized as a component of the masculine ideal. And this happens particularly in the United States. And it's often validated by the statement, well... You know, boys will be boys. This toxic, the concept of toxic masculinity is used in psychology and gender studies to refer to certain norms of masculine behavior in North America and Europe that are associated with harm to society, to women, and to men themselves. I found some work by psychiatrist Frank Pittman, and he wrote about a number of ways in which men are harmed by these traditional masculine norms. He suggested that these include they're going to have a shorter lifespan, greater incidence of a violent death, and ailments such as lung cancer, sclerosis, sclerosis of the liver, and suicide. All right, guys that are listening, why would anybody want to do this? Why would anybody want to suffer through that? So I thought about it, and I said, hmm, this seems like a cultural thing that's been reinforced since the cavemen days. Now, back then, the strongest individual became the leader based on the need to survive. Given that men are generally stronger physically than women, the alpha male became the undisputed and unchallenged leader. I've seen it make sense back then, but I haven't seen much of a need in the last 300 plus years to hunt down a water buffalo with sticks and rocks or fend off a saber-toothed tiger. Yet... This pattern of defining and raising boys continues and still occurs today. So what's going on here? 
This toxic masculinity is this adherence to these traditional male gender roles that restrict the kind of emotions that we say are allowable for boys and men to express, including social expectations that men need to be the dominant alpha male and limit the emotional range primarily to expressions of anger. All right, guys, have you experienced this? Ladies, do you see this in men that you've associated with? Now, this concept of toxic masculinity is not intended to demonize men or male attributes, but rather to emphasize that these harmful effects of conformity to some of these certain male behaviors, such as dominance, self-reliance, and competition. It is not, and I'm going to repeat that, it is not an indictment on men. The vast majority of men understand that there's a time and a place for competition and self-reliance. All right, think about the late Kobe Bryant. Now, there was no one more competitive or ferocious in his profession. But he eventually, eventually, he learned how to successfully compartmentalize the various aspects of his life and at the time of his death, he, became, he was a beloved hero to both men and to women. However, there are those who are inclined to take these characteristics to the extreme. And this is where the problems occur. My goal is to get this topic out in the open for conversation and for education. Open discourse is a positive Open discourse in a positive and supportive environment is the key to understanding and altering these harmful effects of toxic masculinity. Now, contemporary expectations of masculinity can produce such toxic effects as violence, including sexual assault and domestic violence, sexual excess and promiscuity, excessively risky or socially irresponsible behaviors, including substance abuse, dysfunction in relationships, and suicide. So once again, these are not very pleasant scenarios. So we need to address this, folks. Vulnerability, vulnerability for most men is seen as a sign of weakness, and the weak must be weeded out. Now, too many men perform a self-weeding when they feel this vulnerability. In 2016, there were 45,000 suicides in the United States. 33,750. Let me repeat that. 33,750, which is 75% of the suicides, were men. Now, this type of behavior, this toxicity is both magnified and glorified daily. A great deal of money is paid to and for content, directly or indirectly, supporting toxic masculinity. Let me give you some examples. Violence in video games. Have you ever seen a video game recently? The winner is the one who inflicts the greatest amount of violence and mayhem. Not a good role model. Violence in movies. There's so much graphic and often unnecessary acts of violence. In the field of athletics, now let me, let me put a, this qualifier in here. Athletics and competition at their core are healthy and positive. From very early youth sports to professional leagues, competition builds character, teamwork, and a number of other traits we all have been told over our lifetime. For those few who are blessed with the physical attributes and skills, athletics provides an extremely lucrative lifestyle. And this is often envied by men who are prone to this toxic masculinity behavior. Now let's look at the flip side. The dark side of athletics includes breaking the rules in order to win at all costs. Think of the Houston Astros and just recently with the sign stealing. There's a sense of entitlement and privilege you see so many of these athletes in the, in the world that the rules don't apply to them. Locker room behavior, which demeans women and others who are not blessed with their skills and talents. 
There are TV shows, TV shows such as Mad Men. Have you ever seen this show? Mad Men, when it was on the air, was a program that depicted a time when overt harassment, infidelity, demeaning of women and subordinates, excessive drinking, that was back in the three cocktail lunch days, was accepted and rewarded. Programs that de- programs over time showed abusive and overbearing bosses and managers. Now, these are people who have risen to positions of power and wealth who use their power and their wealth to suppress, harass, and abuse people. Other types of things that feed this toxic masculinity model are speeches and actions by politicians, political leaders. Now, I'm not picking on anybody in particular here. This is a general statement. But when you hear a leader, a person in a position of authority, openly mocking, demeaning, or inciting and suggesting acts of violence or harassment. This tends to encourage and empower those who will be, have a tendency to lean toward these toxic masculinity traits. So what do we do? As men, we're going to have to realize and understand and accept that boorish and abusive behavior in any form, to any person, is not acceptable. We cannot continue to condone or look the other way when we find ourselves in environments where toxic behavior is occurring. We can no longer allow this to happen, gentlemen. Now, as I did a few talks and presentations, I worked with some social scientists And we did some presentations together. And many times what we found was so many men would say, we're confused. We have no idea what it is we're supposed to do. The Me Too movement scared the hell out of most men. The statement that we heard very often in our conferences was, now what are we supposed to do or not do? Many of us were taught growing up that boys and men are supposed to be strong. And strong means we don't cry, we don't talk about emotions or feelings, we do whatever it takes to be successful, we're reliant, we're self-reliant enough so we can solve whatever issue or problem or situation occurs. For those of us who are old enough to remember, the ideal American man was the Marlboro Man. Remember the Marlboro Man? He's a rugged individual. He's out alone with his horse and his dog, fixing everything. Didn't need anything or anyone. The images in TV back then of American life were Donna Reed, Father Knows Best, and Ozzie and Harriet, where the father went to work and the mother stayed home, ran errands, cleaned the house, wearing a dress, heel, and pearls. All right? I don't know too many women who clean a house wearing dress, heels, and pearls. But that was the image we saw. If women did work back in those TV show days, they were secretaries who often made coffee, answered phones, filed papers, or they were teachers. And they were portrayed as glorified babysitters. Then the 1960s and 1970s came along. And before we get into that, the 1960s and 1970s, we're going to take a break here so that I can continue with the flow. All right, so stay with us. This last section is going to be the best yet. You do not want to miss this. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Frank Sicari has written five books spanning a range of life-altering events and how to handle them. When the Wife Cheats is about a man with two young daughters handling the devastating loss of a cheating wife. Inside the Spaghetti Bowl is about how one family stays together through both good and bad. Five Years to Live follows a couple through life after a tragic accident, recovery, and prognosis. 
From the Ashes is a turnaround management success story about the University of Washington volleyball team. Find the books at Amazon in print, audio, and Kindle formats and at frankzakari.com. Multiple studies show us that the vast majority of people are disengaged at work. A Gallup report stated that two-thirds of American workers are unhappy and 15% actually hate their work. That means that 81% are not engaged to work for a common goal. Frank Zakari and his team have programs to help you change this dynamic and create a collaborative and high-performing organization. Visit frankzakari.com to set up an initial consultation today. Book Frank Zakari as the motivational speaker at your next event. Frank is a dynamic, entertaining, and fascinating storyteller. Your organization will be entertained and will learn stories of success they can implement immediately. Email Frank today to secure him for your next event at lifealteringeventsradio at gmail.com or call 916-718-5517. Mention that you heard about it from the Life Altering Events radio program. You can also visit Frank's website for more information at frankzakari.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Life Altering Events with Frank Zakari. To call into the program today with questions or comments, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or you can send an email to lifealteringeventsradio at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Today's Life Altering Event is Obstacles Men Face and Often Fail in Relationships. We talk about a term called toxic masculinity. And if you have not heard that term, you will. It has become very, very trendy. I shared with the audience basically what my life was and that how toxic masculinity does not only affect the rich and the powerful, but also affects the average American male. We talked about how this culturization of men, which started back in the cavemen days, is still being used today. We talked about what we, what we saw growing up as men and young men and boys were things like the Marlboro Man, who was the ideal man, you know, out there on his horse and his dog. He didn't need anything. He didn't need anyone. And the images on TV back then of Donna Reed, Father Knows Best, and Ozzie and Harriet, which gave a distorted view of relationships between men and women. And then, as I mentioned before the break, then the 1960s and the 1970s came. And women started entering the workforce very often out of economic necessity. They're putting off marriage. Less and less women are getting married at age 18 or 19. Women had more choices. More and more women graduated from college and were capable of supporting themselves. What they found in many cases is they didn't need a man to be the sole provider or the protector. In many cases, they didn't need a man at all. They could take care of themselves. And they wanted to take care of themselves. The women's movement started. Women were openly and aggressively speaking out. And it was about time. There were marches and rallies. Women started businesses. They became elected to public office. In 2019, there's 127 women serving Congress. 25 in the Senate, which is 25% of the Senate, and 102 women, which is 23.4% in the House of Representatives. And after this next election in November, there's going to be significantly more women serving in these roles. Today, women outnumber men in college and in grad schools and in the STEM courses, STEM being science, technology, engineering, and math. There are more women in those programs. That's where the jobs are. That's where the opportunity is. A newer wave of TV sitcoms started to come out. And in these TV shows, men were portrayed as basically a buffoon. And the woman was a strong leader of the family. 
Man and husband bashing became more common on TV. These were shows like Modern Family or The Big Bang Theory, uh, Everybody Loves Raymond, Blackish, and I'm sure you could probably name six or seven others yourself. Now, what happened here, for some men, this was more than they could handle. The men's myth was being shattered. Men discovered, whether we wanted to admit it or not, that we cannot do it all on our own. It's not a question anymore of, do you want your spouse to work? It's a question of, you both have to work in order to make ends meet. So for guys, we have to unlearn a lifetime of training and culture. Now, it's going to take time, ladies, and we're going to need your help. Okay, we're talking centuries of this culturization. Now, some men, when this started to happen, became very, very resentful. The paradigm shift preyed on some of their male insecurities, and some of these men who were who were um, who were more inclined to take up toxic behavior, this preyed on their insecurities. I heard statements like, "Oh my God, we're no longer the king of our castle. We have to remain in control. We have to put these women in their place. We want things the way they used to be." You hear that often? I hear it all the time. Well, guys, those days are gone. And they're not coming back. A new order is emerging. In this new order, men and women will work and live together in a collaborative and mutually beneficial manner. It's going to take time and it's going to take patience but it is going to occur. Now, since I meet with a lot of businessmen and business owners, I hear, so what's the, to- what's the effect of toxic masculinity in business? All right, many businessmen say to me, come on, Frank, look, and I'm not into this touchy-feely stuff, okay? I'm all about business, and being strong and self-reliant is what business is all about. It's what made this country great. I hear that all the time. So I look at them, and I just have to say, really? Is it really that good? Toxic masculinity is not just a social issue. It can seriously impact your business, your personal, and your professional life. Just look in the headlines in the paper the last week, and ask Harvey Weinstein what the toxic masculinity has done to him and his empire and his career and his reputation. So as I talk with these business professionals, we tell them, let me address the impact of this toxic masculinity on your professional life. If you're a business owner, if you're an executive or you're a manager, you must understand that building a culture of acceptance, civility, and collaboration is good for your business. The days of yelling and pounding on the table and public shaming and saying, because I said so, are over. And let's face it, folks, it never worked well anyway. A great strategy in a toxic culture is doomed to fail, be it business or in your personal life. A toxic culture will doom whatever your great idea or your great strategy is. You will fail. Let me give you some examples of great strategy, poor cultures. For those of you who are old enough to remember Enron, great strategy, terrible culture. Uber, Uber's still trying to recover from their toxic culture. Then we had Bear Stearns and Lehman Brothers from that financial meltdown. Again, they had a great strategy, just a terrible culture. More recently, we saw Wells Fargo and all their problems, and Volkswagen with all their issues. Great strategies, toxic cultures. 
toxic people, toxic behavior. And then let's not forget the king of toxic cultures, Bernie Madoff. If you have a poor culture and you have a lack of civility in your professional life or in your personal life, it is going to be a self-sabotage. It's going to breed unhappiness in your business or in your home. Your employees, your wife, your children, they're going to lose hope. Mediocrity replaces excellence. People look around and they say, I'm not putting in all this time and energy and effort. I mean, this is good enough. And the best people leave, be them your employees or your spouse. What we have to look at this, ladies and gentlemen, is in recent studies, some 84% of employees are not engaged. 84% are not working for a common goal. 84% are just cashing a paycheck and looking for another opportunity. You are not going to be successful in that kind of an environment. Now, further, if you're creating or you're allowing a toxic environment to exist, this is going to lead to civil and or criminal charges. Now, I've met with some labor attorneys or with employment attorneys, the term they, they use, and they're making a fortune. And they said, here are some of the things that come out of this toxic masculinity, toxic culture. There's going to be more and more sexual harassment cases. They're hostile workplace cases. Now, these generate massive legal expenses. Massive legal expenses. You have potential incarceration could be facing. It could be the end of your career. It could be the end of your business, the end of your reputation, or like in my case, the end of your marriage. So why is eliminating this toxic culture good for your business and your life? Well, it's pretty simple, ladies and gentlemen. The best and the brightest people are going to gravitate toward organizations and individuals that create a culture of civility, of positive feedback, cohesive team building, and achieve results collaboratively. Achieve results by working together. And this applies in your business and in your personal life. Now, how are you going to do this? This is going to involve listening, talking, and validating. Not trying to fix things, not trying to micromanage, not trying to tell people what to do and how to do things. It's allowing people, your employees, your spouse, your children, to try things. And failure is not the end of the world. Failure for many families, people growing up, is a major learning experience as long as the failure isn't something that where they're going to be hurt or injured. This is the way we're going to learn. Employees, your spouses, they need to feel that they're being heard, your children also. They need to feel they're being heard and they're being valued. People thrive and when you're in an environment with mutual respect and appreciation. I mean, this isn't news. People thrive in that environment. Good leaders, good husbands, good fathers ensure that the people in their life feel that they're worth their time and their interest. Getting to know employees personally Sitting down and understanding with your, what your wife wants and goals and needs are, what your children want. If it's in a business, professionally, what do your employees want to have? What's their goals? You have to praise the people in your life for things that they do well and offer guidance, not criticism, for things that they don't do well. We have to help those people in our life achieve their goals. It goes a long way and creating trust, loyalty, and in turn, a very successful business and a very successful life.
So now what, ladies and gentlemen? What do we do now? Well, like it or not, whether we're going to admit it or not, men have emotions. And learning how to channel and address these emotions without resorting to anger will improve every aspect of your personal and your professional life. Successful men and women will find a common ground, both personally and professionally, to have a real dialogue. Now, let me say that again, a real dialogue, a dialogue where you listen to each other with a goal of understanding, not just waiting to respond. How many conversations do you have where the other party really doesn't care what you're saying, they're waiting for you to stop so that they can give you their opinion? That's not a dialogue. That's a discussion. That's a debate. That might be a conversation. We're talking about dialogues. Listen to each other with a goal of understanding, not just waiting to respond. In the professional world, collaboration between the genders, races, cultures, religion will bring a new and better alternatives. Because we've always done it this way, it will lead to failure in your personal life and in your professional life. And one thing I learned years ago was if you're the smartest guy in the room, you're probably in the wrong room. Punching a hole in the wall doesn't solve anything. In fact, it's going to cost you time and money to repair. Worse, punching someone physically or verbally will land you in prison. So if you want to talk to someone, give us a call. We'll talk to you. We'll see if we can't reduce these negative impacts of toxic masculinity because it's a whole lot less expensive to sit and talk than home repairs, legal fees, or time in jail. Let's talk, ladies and gentlemen. Well, we're almost out of time. I hope you've enjoyed this new uh, topic. This is something we have not done, trying to show a male perspective and challenges that men are going to have to face. If you would like to... Have more information on this topic, you can send me an email at, at lifealteringevents and thevoiceofamerica.com channel. Do, click on email the host, and I will get back to you with this. If you missed any of this show or, or any of our other shows, you can listen to them on demand at a number of different places, now including iHeartRadio, Alexa, and Google. Now, let me leave you with this, folks. None of us are in this alone. The secret to walking on water is to know where the rocks are. And I hope today I've shown you where some of those rocks are. Thank you for listening. Join us again next week when we review another life-altering event. Thank you for tuning into Life-Altering Events. Be sure to join Frank Zakari again next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a life-changing week. The Good Cup.